Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. If you're planning a meeting, conference, or special event in Missoula, consider the Wingate by Wyndham. Our event space is comfortable and flexible. Whether you need an intimate boardroom meeting or a conference war 100, Missoula's Wingate is the perfect fit. Our audio-visual equipment, upgraded internet, and flexible food and beverage policies allow you to put on an impressive show without breaking the bank. Call us at Missoula's Wingate, where we make you feel at home when you're not. We're going to start with Montana State, and we're going to hear from Jeff Choate, a couple of players as well. So we got a ton of sound for you from this game and from the press conferences. But in general, Coulter, from the very first second of this football game to the last one, it was it was eight, not a win, an absolute dismantling, a dominant performance by Montana State. And to me... An absolute message sender. I mean, this is this is a game that is more than just a game every year. But for what has been three seasons prior to this of wins by Montana State and they're you know continuing to grow the program, the return of Bobby Houck last season, Montana with the huge lead and then losing on the on the fumble on the goal line and all of that, and people said, you know, I think that that were Montana fans, you know, took that and said, man, that's. That's a tough way for that to go, but, you know, that'll be the last one of those for a while because Bobby Houck and RTD and everything else, and then they're rolling. And what they did to Weber State a week ago, I asked you in the postgame against Weber State, does this influence what you think about Montana and what could happen in, in the Cat Grizz game? You said, absolutely, it does. And in the moment, how could it not because of how great they were? And yet we know this game is played in a vacuum every year. I mean, this is there is no connection per se, from week to week into the Cat Grizz game. But to have Montana completely and totally turned around, looked like the, the softest team that you've ever seen, or to say it positively, Montana State looked like the toughest, most, most physical team I have seen this season by far. And what they did to run through Montana, 382 yards on the ground, an offensive line that did whatever they wanted, whenever they wanted for 60 minutes, and frankly, a defensive line that... The six sacks of Dalton Sneed, 46 yards, I think, of rushing for the Grizzlies on the entire day. I mean, it was an absolutely, uh, 
it, it wasn't close in any facet of this entire game. And for a game that was supposed to be, well, was between two top 10 teams and two teams that uh, are, are trying to get onto a nationally elite scale, you thought it was going to be more even than that at the very least, and it certainly was not. And Montana State was better in every way and just pounded the Grizzlies for 60 minutes, and that will resound for weeks and months and maybe even years to come. Well, absolutely. It was it was the pivotal victory by Montana State of the century. In the arc of the rivalry, it was the most impactful victory Montana State has had in the last 20 years, and a lot of people could argue maybe the Big Sky Conference era, and maybe ever. Because Montana State has never beat Montana like that. It's the second largest margin of victory in the Big Sky era by a Bobcat team. The last time a Bobcat team had won by 34 or more points came in 1966. The last time a Montana State team had even beat a Montana team by three scores came in 1985, which was the year before the streak started. We took you through the history all year last last week, or all, all week last week. To me, I judge this uh, this whole rivalry based uh, in 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 four different eras. There's first there's the pre Big Sky Conference era, which lasted from 1897 to 1963, all the way up until 1959. Montana State was not even an NCAA affiliated school, so the schools were not even in the same division. They're not right. in the same level of play. They're not even in the same affiliation of sponsorship. The Cats were an NAIA team. The Grizz were in the NCAA. So that to me, you could take that history for what it's worth. Mm-hmm. I think that. Montana won something like 40 out of 44 or something during that era. So they stacked the, the docket pretty heavily. But since 1963, you know, 1963 to 1985, the Cats won 17 out of 23. Thorough domination by Montana State. Montana builds Washington Grizzly Stadium, hires Don Reed, 16 in a row against the Cats, and the rest is history. But I wrote that in my game story because I think that the streak, all the things that people don't like about this rivalry, the stuff that Bobby Houck talked about last week, the hatred, the vitriol, the fact that it's over the top, the fact that no matter what your season is, no matter what your career is, no matter what your resume has been at those schools, you're literally coaching for your job in this game. And Rob Ash won 70 games and got fired at Montana State because he couldn't beat the Grizz. So that's here nor there, though. That streak, though, it established a gigantic superiority complex for people around the University of Montana, and only in a lot of ways, justifiably so. The Grizz not only dominated the rivalry, but also rose to heights unseen for a Montana school at the Division I era. Seven national championship appearances in 14 years, two national titles, and 16 straight wins over your rival. But then when the Cats won in Missoula in 2002, it snapped the streak and started a new era. And that new era came to an end on Saturday. Because Montana State capped the decade with their sixth win in the last 10 tries. They won this decade. They have not won a decade against the Grizzlies in a generation. They even the docket since that 2002 game. It's now 9-9. to And so now this whole thing, for even since the streak ended, which was 17 years ago, Grizz fans could still say, well, you're the little brother. You haven't won a national championship. You haven't beaten us like we've beaten you. We still own this 10 years, this 20 years, this decade. None of it's true anymore. It capped, it capped the first 20 years of the 20th century. And now we'll see where this goes. Because I do think it's very compelling what's going to happen with these two programs moving forward. But make no mistake, the last four years, Montana, has, Montana State has physically whipped the Grizzlies. And the, last, the three previous years before Matt, Saturday, 
paled in comparison. The narratives, yes. the narratives of Montana's improved offensive and defensive fronts were thrown out the window. I still think that their fronts are way better than they have been. But guess who? Guess what else? Guess was the most undertold story of this entire game. That so is Montana State. Montana State's are yes. fronts are significantly better too, which means that they're nationally elite. That's I right. heard so often from Grizz fans that said, "We heard you on the radio talking about the Cats having the best offensive and defensive lines." That, w- that the Montana Grizzlies have seen. What about Sac State? What about Weaver State? I think those two teams have great fronts. I think those two teams have better fronts than Montana. Nobody has better fronts than Montana State. 382 rushing yards to 49. Six sacks to zero. I mean, I know, I know, I know. Stats are for losers. Stats are for losers. But... I mean, they also at some point don't... I mean, they do lie in a lot of ways. Those don't lie. When you are minus 350 in the rushing game, it's not even comprehensible. We're going to get into the whys here in the second segment of this show. But if you take out the four wildcat plays, the Montana State ran with Travis Johnson, which netted zero yards. They had two tackles for loss and two tackles for one-yard gains. The one play that Montana was prepared for. Those are the four times when Jace Lewis and um, Dante Olsen were in the Bobcat backfield. Mm -hmm. Other than that, Montana State averaged 7.7 yards per carry. Even with those plays included, they still averaged 6.5 yards per carry on 62 rushes. Isaiah Infante, over 170 yards. Logan Jones, over 120 yards. One of the greatest moments of this whole game was after the game when the offensive line's carrying the trophy around. And Logan Jones is on the headset getting sworn by Bobcat fans. He's doing the, the Root Sports interview. And somebody says to one of the, I think Tom Glasgow says to Logan Jones, he says, Logan Jones joins us from the field. Logan Jones, 121 yards and a touchdown. And Logan just goes, ooh, he didn't even know. But I heard, I saw Damian Washington on the field after the game. And I just overheard a conversation he was having with Braden Conkle. But he says, Braden, how many yards do you think we rushed for, bro? I think that they rushed for 500 yards. And that's what it seemed like in the scope of a game. It really did. I, I can't remember a Cat Grizz game like this, where one team... There's I talked to you about this. There's the barometer of momentum, right? There's 100% that you can have. And oftentimes, a team makes a play, and they get 80 or 85% of that barometer of momentum. And the other team's just holding on for dear life to just maybe, maybe, maybe get their turn. And then when they get it, sometimes it swings right back to the middle. The Cats had 100% of the momentum from the moment Jory Choate made a tackle on the opening kickoff. 14-yard line. To the moment that Jacque Allen took Samari Torre's head off, fumbled, Derek Marks recovers, to the moment Kevin Cassis scores on a reverse, 7-0 Cats, to the moment that the Cats are up 17-0, 10 minutes in the game. It was a boat race. I, it was the it was, the thing that was the craziest part about it is of all the scenarios we could have played out, it was the most unpredictable one. And because it played out like it did, Bobcat Stadium was louder than I've ever heard it. Ever. And the pandemonium and the enthusiasm in Bozeman from start to finish was like no other sports experience I've ever had. We have been at at how many Cat Grizz games in Bozeman? We have been at how many playoff games in Bobcat Stadium in Bozeman? And how many other games? The Gold Rush game, under the lights, first game of the season. It wasn't close. wasn't close to the atmosphere that was there. Uh, on Saturday. The last thing I'll say about this, Coulter, is just in general, this this thing, and, and you, you touched on it, like all of that stuff is over now uh, in terms of the best team of the decade, the best team of the century, whatever. 
you talked about the the superiority complex and or inferiority complex that has surrounded these two schools, particularly around the football program, for a long, long time because of the streak. We talked to Mike Kramer two weeks ago. He said, I can't, I still can't believe that the clock went to zeros the day we won. He's the head coach of the team. You know, you're always supposed to say, well, we expect to win. We're going to totally. go and win. He said, it's 30 years ago. I still can't believe, or whatever, 20 years ago. I still can't believe we won the football game. Right? I, and that's because, the, and, and that's, that's because, I mean, in the late 90s, Montana State lost a couple of games in just out, outrageous, unbelievable fashion. And so here's what I'm saying is the last three years, and it's it's been Jeff Choden, it's a whole different deal. And I'm not saying this is his mindset whatsoever, but in general, broadly, it seems like Montana State, the, the, the organization, right, the fans, the vibe, the thing around, is like thrilled and surprised that they beat Montana. Yesterday, there was, if, if, when you'll hear from the coaches and you'll hear from the players especially, the only surprise is that it wasn't more than 48-14 to them. <laughs> that is the only thing that they're surprised about. And, and that was real. I mean, that's not just smack talking after the game. You know when a team is just completely dead set confident and knows not believes knows that it's going to do what it did and they knew it they knew it the whole way through and i don't know when that has ever been the case from montana state to montana in in the modern recent history of this rivalry and it is the case now and i think it introduces uh not just a modicum but a significant amount of doubt to the one person who who on the exterior never has any doubt and that's bobby hauk i mean bobby hauk has to be sitting here going oh Oh, it is a different universe. I am not in the same spot that I was even a decade ago, riding absolutely on the top where it's Montana and everybody else in the Big Sky Conference. There's four seeded teams. You're one of those teams, and and Montana has a huge season still ahead of it in the playoffs. And we're going to get to all of that over the next two weeks because this is awesome, man. We're talking about the number five and six teams in the nation at the end of the year right now in the state of Montana. This is this is what we've been hoping for, wanting. But when it comes to this rivalry, there is there is no longer more of an expectation of winning on one side than the other. Both teams are going to expect to win equally, and both teams, I think, have to have uh, 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 respect for the other side from a football standpoint, which, frankly, Montana did not have for Montana State yesterday. They, 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 or on Saturday, excuse me. They went in hugely, supremely confident, the Montana Grizzlies did. I have no doubt about that but not with the respect of their opponent that you need to have. And when it actually came time to play, they, they, they were stunned at what was happening to them and had no response for it. Because there, there was not a level of belief that it was even possible that another team, that, that this team could be better than them, and they were across the board. Coulter, you have a business, and your business is based in the World Wide Web. Indeed I do. So I'm on my computer all the time. And if you're not online, you're not making money, and it is important to make sure that you're online and secure. Am I right? Absolutely. Got to be cyber safe this day and age. Well, for you business owners out there, whether you have an online business or a brick and mortar business, it's still running through the web. We all know that's a fact. And in today's always on world, your business demands a simpler approach to network security. At Blackfoot Communications, they deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to the endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across the state of Montana. They do. They're keeping everybody cyber secure and ensuring that businesses run the way that they need to across the state. So ensure your company's network is online, 
all the time. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com slash business. That's goblackfoot.com slash business. And you can click the link right here in the old podcast. We've made it so very easy for you. Go visit and find out how to keep your business or the business of people you know secure online with Blackfoot. I mean, I don't want to be too snarky here, but when Coach Houck tells us on Monday, I've only really watched the kick teams. Maybe you should have watched the Northern Colorado game and the way that the Cats loosened up the edges with the wide receiver revert, reverse and then ran it straight up the gut. Because that's what they did to the Grizz, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, maybe you should have watched this, the film of the, the team that's rushing for 325 yards a game in the month of November the last three years. We're going to get into the arc of this whole thing and, and just the, the trends for both sides and all that. But I think that the last four years since Jeff Choate took over, when Montana State won in Missoula in 2016, it was a, a cataclysmic upset, certainly. 2017, it was a reaffirmation of the fact that Bob Stitt was not the right fit but at Montana. And that was the narrative that dominated not just the Cats, sec- because it was still a 5-6 and six Cat team that didn't go to the playoffs. Right. And then last year, Bobby Houck's back. Can, and, you know, and then the Grizz are up 22 nothing. And can the Grizz write everything that's gone wrong the last month of the season they'd lost three in a row but then they'd won in resounding fashion over southern utah and idaho and now they have this chance they're up 22 nothing against their rival then they blow it but it was still the grizz blowing it as much as the cats winning it and then all of a sudden old demons you know you're talking about the number three team in the country that just annihilated the defending big sky conference champs the juggernauts back nobody's giving the cats a chance play that Braden cockle sound that's soul taking stuff right there Soul-taking stuff. Play the one about Sunday. When he's asked, when did you know you were going to win the game? Do we have that one? Yeah. If, yeah. When did you know that the game was over? Sunday, last week. <laughs> I mean, I knew we were going to. Saturday, actually, right after the UC Davis game. I mean, I was waiting for this for a whole year, man. We, we talk about how Bobby Houck refuses to let his team believe that it's even a possibility to lose. And I think that Jeff Choate talks so well and so often and so eloquently and he sets up these scenarios and he paints the picture and and you have a full all-encompassing view of what the game might be but make no mistake especially the senior captains for the bobcats there was no doubt in their minds they were Mm going to beat the grizzlies for a fourth straight time let's listen to some sound uh because there's a ton of it and it's really good uh the run game is maybe the most obvious play, certainly when, when you talk about the Montana State offense, that this game was dominated 382 yards rushing. The question for Jeff Choate is, you know, as the game went on, when and how did he sense that the run game was wearing on the Grizzlies, which was pretty clear to see? Yeah, we were getting four yards on inside zone pretty much at will, you know. Um, the only time that they really gave us any problems was on short yarders and some sub package. And I think that, uh, you know, Dante, being a really smart, good football player, identified some tendencies and kind of jumped some gaps and hit us a couple times. But, uh, you know, we controlled the line of scrimmage, and that's, that's how you win games. Colton, you asked him about the fifth-year seniors from the state of Montana on this team, who uh, I guess there's six of them. And on, I misspoke. I said seven. And that's why he corrects me. Because no, I forgot Jared Padmus didn't redshirt. He was a true senior. But he, he's still a Montana guy that's point, playing in this point game. Point being the seniors on this team from the state of Montana. And the question that Jeff showed is how much did that, how much did this game mean to those guys on this team? The thing is, I mean, these guys are the survivors. 
These are the guys that stayed because it meant something to them to be a Bobcat and wear the blue and gold uh, through the coaching change. And uh, they're tough suckers, and they, I mean, they represent this university in a first-class fashion. They're all going to graduate. They're all going to go on and do great things in their life, and they're all going to be able to walk the streets as proud Bobcats for the rest of their life. Um, this is this is something that I think is pretty. Here's here's what's interesting. Jeff Choate, like you said, I mean, he he will talk as long as as he wants to and will go very off a long time, except for after the Cat football game. He's 4-0 in it. He walks in, does not make an opening statement, says, I got places to be. What do you got? Seven minutes, done. I mean, he, he, he doesn't. He doesn't need to sit here and revel in it in front of everybody because everything's been done on the field. So there's not a ton of sound from him. There, You can go to SkylineSportsMT.com and watch the full uh, uh, press conference of all of it. But there is one other thing that we haven't even touched on yet, which is remarkable because if you would have known this ahead of time, this would have been and probably should have been the overarching narrative of this entire game one way or another, and in certain ways it is. But Troy Anderson did not play in this football game, did not even suit up in this game. And we'll hear from Bobby Howe, that was significant in terms of their preparation, and that's real. Like, I mean, when you sit there and you think a guy is going to play probably almost the entire game at a quarterback, and that, that this was going to be the big surprise that Montana State was going to pull, and then he's not even on the field, all of a sudden the entire game plan uh, shifts dramatically, and they were simply not ready for it. Nobody, no player, no coach was ready for it, and and that was big. The question to to uh, Jeff Choate though, when did he know is that 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 Troy was going to be out? He said it was like last Sunday, and then is that something that he felt like galvanized his team? Certainly, something we talked about. You know um, that this guy's, you know, he's he's made sacrifices physically and playing a different <laughs> position and. Um, sacrifice his body for this organization and you know one of the things we need to do is we need to step up on his behalf and and, and as well as for these seniors because this is uh, you know this is a great group of young men I'm really proud of the senior group and I'm really thankful that I can look at Braden Conkle and 25 years from now he'll introduce himself and say this is my son and by the way I never lost to Montana pretty good Pretty good from uh, Jeff Choate. Coulter, Braden Conkle, uh, we already heard a number of things that he had to say, but there, here's the first, I don't know, 60, 70 seconds of his opening conversation. Go ahead. Go ahead. I just want to say that the, one of the things that I love about this rivalry is some of the familiarity you can craft with kids. And I started covering Braden Conkle when he was a sophomore in high school, Belgrade High. And I thought he was a great player. I thought he was a really tough player. He played quarterback and, and Sam linebacker. I, I didn't think that he had a position at the D1 level in college. I didn't think he's fast enough to play safety. I didn't think he's big enough to play linebacker. He proved me absolutely wrong. Mm-hmm. He's played both. He's been a four-year starter. He's played as well in this game as any Bobcat ever, honestly. And it was so cool then to put a bookend on it because... He literally sat down and knew what he was going to say before the question yes, was even he did. asked. Yes, he did. All right, here we go. Uh, Braden Coggle, this is just the opening, uh, like I said, minute and change uh, from him with the questions inv- included in there. We'll start with the actual game, but then broadly, what's this feel like winning for the fourth time in a row? It was awesome. I mean, I remember, <clears throat> I remember as red shirts, and the game was here, and uh, that year, Missoula beat us home field. I remember, you know, just talking to Mitch. You know, Walker, Marcus, you know, all of us, you know, we said we're never going to lose to those guys when we're playing, man. And just to see that, you know, the work we put in and, you know, here we are four years later and it actually happened, man. I mean, it's awesome. 
How does it feel to, to beat him the way you did today? I mean, we kind of... I said last night, I'm like, this don't have to be close. Like, we just got to play a good game, and it ain't going to be close. I mean, we we seen the tape. Um, we're, we, we're a good football team. I mean, the only time we lose is when we beat ourselves. So if we just go play a good game, you know, no one can no one can compete with us. Jack Way's hit on the first play of the game. And that, was all, that was home set. Right? That's soul-taking stuff right there. That set the tone. I mean, first, that kickoff, you know, I think, like, at the 13-yard line. And then our defense goes out there, and Quay does that. Man, that just... That was awesome. It was a big-time play. You know what that is? That's soul-taking stuff right there. Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, you can just tell. But I think that what, what Braden Conkle said there, I think there's twofold. I think there's a, a tangible and intangible element, which there always is in sports. But the, the desire and heart that Montana State played with, that was the intangible element. You could see just how... How much that played an influence in the yeah. momentum they were able to harness, but there was also a, a strong schematic mm. element to this game. And like he said, we saw the tape; we were utterly and fully confident. So we'll tell you more about the schematic advantages that Montana State was able to execute on Saturday in the second break. Montana Football Hour, presented by Lithia Ford of Missoula. You know, guests, the Wingate by Wyndham is the Missoula Hotel that truly offers something for everybody. No doubt. It's conveniently located near the airport, easy for when your friends come to visit you. And you know, of course, my favorite, water slides. That's right. they got an awesome water park with a sweet water slide that's perfect for families, groups, and birthday parties. With the Wingate, they also have a terrific business travel rate, large meeting spaces for you and your clients, and one of the best rewards programs you'll find anywhere. Talk to me about breakfast. They're not messing around with the Continental. They got the full breakfast spread, man. That's what I'm talking about. I need that. They got you covered there as well. Just down the road from the Missoula Airport, the location is quiet and convenient. The parking is ample and free, and the staff genuinely cares about taking care of their guests. The Wingate is at 5252 Airway Boulevard. You can also call. Very simple, easily memorizable number, 541-8000. That's 541-8000. The best hotel at the best spot for a hotel near the airport. Let the Wingate by Wyndham in Missoula make you feel at home, even when you're not. ESPN Missoula Sports Center. Good afternoon, Ryan Tutel, Colton Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Sports Center. The 119th Cat Grizz football game was one of the most lopsided in history. From the opening kickoff to the final gun, Montana State was completely overwhelming in a 48-14 route of the Montana Grizzlies. With Troy Anderson sidelined due to injury, a dominant cat, cat offensive line still bulldozed the way. The 382 rushing yards and six touchdowns on the ground. Isaiah Fonse rushed for 171 yards on 21 carries and had three scores in just his second game back from injury. Logan Jones, a Kalispell Glacier product, also cleared the century mark for MSU with 121 yards on the ground and another score. On the other side of the ball, MSU was nearly as dominant. Montana fumbled on its first offensive play, setting up the first MSU score, and the Grizz didn't pick up a first down until their fourth possession of the game, at which time it was already 17-0. Montana was held to 46 rush yards, much of which was due to the six sacks Dalton Sneed incurred as the MSU uh, uh, defensive line exploited the Grizzlies. Ultimately, Dalton Sneed went for 20 of 34 for 195 yards and no touchdowns. He also had one interception. Marcus Knight had both the Montana scores, taking his season total to 21. Good news for both teams is that they both received a seed and thus a first-round bye on the FCS playoffs. Montana is number six in the playoffs and will host the winner of Southeastern Louisiana and Villanova. Montana State number five. They host the winner of Albany and Central Connecticut ECSPN State. ESPN Missoula Sports Center is brought to you by Aspen Sound.
Welcome back. Montana Football Hour. I don't know if you're happy or if you're not, but it's always fun. At least for us. What a weekend. Montana Football Hour presented by Lithia Ford of Missoula. We are broadcasting live from the Kurtz Polaris Studios. Kurtz Polaris at 2904 West Broadway in Missoula, Highway 83 in Sealy. Check them out on December the 7th, one day only. It is the Kurtz Polaris 7th Annual Snow Day, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. Okay? You go into the Grizz playoff game. You go over there first. Get yourself a free lunch. Get all the Christmas shopping done off your list. Get it all knocked off over there at Kurtz Polaris. Uh, Coulter, we continue in the Montana Football Hour. You said uh, on our way out, hey, there was there was the physically dominating side of this. There was also the schematic side of this. Said, so what was it that Montana State had figured out? Why were the players so confident going into this thing? They said they had seen some things on tape that they knew that they were going to be able to take advantage of, and they were certainly able to do it. What well, tell them about it? Well, Montana's defense is so impressive because of the effort that they play with, how they fly the ball, and the fact that both Jace Lewis and, and Dante Olson can play multiple gaps at once. They, that said, it's also an incredibly non-gap sound defense because mm. to rely on those two guys, they're spectacular players. They're, in my mind, the, the two best inside linebackers in the Big Sky Conference. Right. And their style, the 3-3-5 base defense that they run and the fact that they run all this pre- and post-snap pressure where they're bringing, they're bringing the heat. They, Montana basically lines up with six guys in the box at all times, and you never know which four are going to come at you. And so often... They just send the linebackers downhill, and they have run blitz-based stunts. It's not just on pass downs. And they lead the league in tackles for loss, and that's what, how they live. They live based on tackling ball carriers behind the line of scrimmage. If you're going to roll with six guys in the box for the duration of the game, and you're not going to adjust, you're not going to bring your Rover or your Sam up in run support, and Montana State, conversely, is going to run 12 and 13 personnel. They're going to run two and three tight end sets or a tight end and a fullback or two tight ends, they're going to run it down your throat. And Montana State did such a good job of softening the edges with mm-hmm. the fly sweep and the wider receiver reverse stuff. Now all of a sudden you got those linebackers peeking. Then you hit them with a counter to the backside. The gap, the Montana State's gap schemes combined with the unsound nature of Montana's defense, boom, that's how you get 382 yards rushing. Those things combined with the fact that you could tell that Montana spent an inordinate amount of time preparing for Troy Anderson. I'm not sure if they expected him to play quarterback for the duration of this game, if they expected him to play quarterback on a higher, uh, more snaps than he did. But either way, the only four snaps that Montana looked like the league's leading rushing defense was Montana State ran wildcat with Travis Johnson. Other than that, Montana State looked Montana looked completely mediocre, and Montana State in, indeed certainly looked like the leading rushing offense in the conference. Bobby Houck uh, was the only Montana Grizzly who came to the press conference. There were no players, uh, and so we will play, first of all, his opening comments, and a guy who uh, was clearly trying to stay in control and hold it together, but also I think was, uh, was having a difficult time just trying to figure out what had just happened to his football team. And here you go, Bobby Houck, his opening comments from the press conference. You know, good uh, good day for them, bad day for us, certainly. Uh, they they beat us in all three phases, and, uh, you know, they, they played really well. They gave us some stuff we didn't expect and, and uh, uh, capitalized on it. Uh, we didn't we did not play well in uh, 
in any of the three parts of the game. And, you know, it's a bad day to do that. Certainly this game has import. It's important to us as well. And, uh, uh, you know, feel bad that we had a, a bad performance. And ultimately that, that goes on me. I uh, failed getting our team ready to go today. So, I mean, I've coached in this game. I've been around it a long time. I don't know if I knew the answer to why. Uh, certainly we wouldn't have had that kind of performance. But i got to do a better job. Um, you know, obviously this is uh, – um, you see the reaction at the end of the game here in the stadium. I mean, this game's everything to them. Um, their sole focus is to beat us. Maybe we need to start doing that ourselves. So, I don't know. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's where I'm failing. I mean, of all, there's a couple of, of odd statements that Bobby, make, Bobby Houck made in this press conference. That was one of them. Um, he, he, this was taken it's very poorly though, it, by Montana State, first of all, by their fan base. They, it, it's taken just as yet another shot for no reason and a baseless one at that. And also, presumably just not true, Coulter. I mean, who takes this rivalry more seriously, at least coming into it, than Bobby Houck? I mean, he's said that repeatedly, That, that you know, how, how big a game this is. Everybody understands that. He's been around this game forever. He's been around this rivalry forever. And so to sit there and say, well, you know, they're taking it more seriously than we are, or, or something to that effect, I mean, however you want to read that, was an odd comment to make. Odd, but also par for the course of the season, because he, he said that it. every single year, or every single game, every single week. Everybody treats this like it's their Super Bowl. Everybody thinks that the Grizz are their rivals, and he can spin it both ways. If the Grizz win, man, we just won a team that gave us their best shot. If the Grizz lose, well, you, you can see that they treated this like a much bigger game than we did. He you said can the same that, thing after Sac State. You can do that in 11 other games. You cannot do that in this game because it's just not true, and everybody knows that. He was trying to still make fun of the Cats for thinking that it's a bigger deal than it is. And on one hand, I think that it's he's foolish for doing that. But on the other hand, I think that you can't let it be, be too big of a deal because it's certainly an enormous deal for sure. But now that they're both in the playoffs, I think that the number one key factor is both of them moving along, moving on. I understand that, but I mean, that... Right there, that's. I mean, the team's not hearing that. It's not. He's not preaching to anybody. He's just. I mean, he's. I mean, he's just talking. I guess at, at at some stage. Anyway, he did also open up in there about the fact that they saw some stuff that they weren't expect, expecting. He was asked, "Well, what was it that they did that that the Montana Grizzlies weren't ready for?" Yeah, just some of the personnel groups. I mean, the run game was a run game, but they they gave us some personnel things, Frank, that we weren't expect expecting, and then. You know, we we didn't know Troy wasn't going to play till last night, and, and uh, you know we spent all week working on him. That didn't help us, but I mean that's sort of me making an excuse, but that's a fact. And and I buy that all day. I mean, you do you did prepare for him, and then he wasn't there, and now you go, oh well, now what? Yeah, I mean, two points here. Number one, and again, and again. There's benefits and downsides to every coaching style, to every coveted culture. You can have a militaristic, I'm your coach, not your friend type culture that's very successful, and it's still going to have drawbacks. You can have a family type culture where I'm the ultimate male figure in your life, and I'm your second dad, like Jeff Choate, and and have it be successful and have it still have flaws. But the, the whole, 
one game at a time, 1-0 every week. We're only going to treat each game as it's the exact same, and we're going to try to play our best every single day. It's a good tactic. It is. Until you play without emotion and you get absolutely destroyed like they did on Saturday. But also, it comes with a caveat, because if you're going to say, well, Montana State made a way bigger deal out of this game than we did, that's fine and dandy, but then you're basically taking away and you're admitting the fact that you did not treat your de facto conference championship game. Right. With a sense of urgency. Well, it was a de facto championship oh, right. game. It was a conference championship Erase game. Erase the name on the front of the jersey. It does not matter if you play Montana State, Northern Colorado, Southern Utah, Idaho, Eastern Washington, Weber State, Sac State, or anybody that's in the Big Sky Conference. A win, and Montana had a chance to win the conference title in the second year under a new coach who's trying to rebuild a once-proud program. To not take that game seriously or to say that the other team took it more seriously than you... Even if you're trying to demean the rivalry and demean the butt whooping you just took, you're just wrong. That's a flaw on your part. It's, he's, but but here's the thing, to me, okay. If that was the case, that's a fireable offense. Yeah, okay, but we can't you, be saying that because no, I mean, Bobby Hawks got the Chris as the number six seed, the no, playoffs, but, and but, back. But this is what I'm saying. If I don't think it's that, you don't that's think, what I'm saying. You think it's just lip service? It's a lie. It's, it's just a lie. He did take it ser- He takes it as seriously as anybody, maybe more so. He got this team as ready to play as he knew how in every aspect, and it was an incomplete implosion. And so that statement at the end there isn't isn't real. It's just him. Uh, again, he, I, when I say he's just talking, I honestly think he he was just sitting there trying to figure out the next thing to say. You know, maybe that's a failing on me. No, 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 no. Like, you're, it just went so poorly, and right. he's never had something like that happen to him in this game. And also, I, I, I fully believe that Montana spent a giant amount of time preparing for Troy Anderson, preparing for the Wildcat elements, preparing for the zone read option quarterback power, triple option, all those elements. I, I fully believe that they did. The quarterback draw has been the, the play that has killed Montana more than any other play in this rivalry up until this week. I agree. I believe him when he says that. that yes. And he said it was maybe it's an excuse or whatever. I agree with, I, I believe him when he says it. But on the other hand, who's Montana's best offensive player besides Dalton State? Sammy Kemp. That was your Burn Street Bistro Burn of the Week. Very good. Thank you, Burn Street. Sammy Kim is one of, if not the best, offensive player, right? For sure. There was no injury report. Sammy Kim was listed on the depth chart. So when you see him out on a scooter, Montana State did not know that he was out until game time. Bobby Houck found out on Friday night. I would love to know who or how or why, but he did. And I will say it was news in Bozeman because people at the bars, people out downtown Friday night, everybody was talking about how Troy Anderson wasn't going to play. So I'm not sure where that leak came from. I'm not sure if Bobby Houck had a real source or not. But regardless... Even if you did spend so much time preparing for it, you obviously did not prepare for the other elements. Because what Montana State did on offense was not... They ran the same game plan they ran against Northern Colorado. Fly sweep, wide receiver reverses, and then gas you up the middle. They didn't use Travis Johnson against Northern Colorado. They hardly used Troy Anderson against Northern Colorado. So it's not as... So what I'm saying is, even if you did spend an inordinate amount of time preparing for it, and it's a different style... You, he just is straight up admitted he got out coached by 100%. not having an adjustment. Hundred percent. Like if you don't have a, if you don't have something you can adjust. When you got Dante Olson and you can't adjust to inside zone and counter, I don't know what to tell you. You got to be able to adjust on the fly. Here's a little bit more sound for you from Bobby Huck about Troy Anderson. Not having Troy Anderson, um, did that force you to have to change things on the fly, or did you just kind of go with what you had, you had planned to do? I think it's more about practice time, Greg. 
you know, they have certain things they do with Troy, and, and uh, obviously to, to stop their offense, we had to spend a lot of practice time on that. So we probably didn't get enough work on on the stuff we saw today. Again, I, I buy this, okay? You spent all this time preparing for a thing that never happened, and that really hurts your team. I get that. But also understand what is being said here. We were the worst off, worse off because the best player that either team has didn't play for their team. That's insane. That's insane. And by the way, <clears throat> this was something that Jeff Choate also sort of tacitly acknowledged. Like his... The fact that he wasn't there and they didn't know he wasn't there made the game plan a very different deal, okay? And and so that is real, and yet it's so bizarre to sit here and go, oh, let's see, the best player of your team ain't going to be there, and that's the thing that's going to propel you to one of the biggest victories in the history of the rivalry. I mean, that is, that is crazy in a certain way, even though I, I do think that there's some tractability to that. After this, we're going to tell you why Montana State may have been, for this singular game, better off without Troy Anderson. Coulter, you have a business, and your business is based in the World Wide Web. Indeed I do, so I'm on my computer all the time. And if you're not online, you're not making money, and it is important to make sure that you're online and secure. Am I right? Absolutely. Got to be cyber safe this day and age. Well, for you business owners out there, whether you have an online business or a brick-and-mortar business, it's still running through the web. We all know that's a fact. And in today's always-on world, your business demands a simpler approach to network security. At Blackfoot Communications, they deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to the endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across the state of Montana. They do. They're keeping everybody cyber-secure and ensuring that businesses run the way that they need to across the state. So ensure your company's network is online all the time. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com slash business. That's goblackfoot.com slash business. And you can click the link right here in the old podcast. We've made it so very easy for you. Go visit and find out how to keep your business or the business of people you know secure online with Blackfoot. I thought that the one... One flaw of the questions in, we, as David just said in our ear, we actually only have six hours. Right. As a reminder, we're taking Thanksgiving off. Happy Thanksgiving. I will say Thursday this. If everybody out there that's feeling good about this game, awesome. For everybody out there that's feeling bad about this game, just think of this. Both Montana schools are in the playoffs. That's great. Both Montana schools got buys. That's the first time that's happened since, I don't know, I don't think that they've both gotten first-round buys since I moved back to Montana 10 years ago. And more importantly, we all get to spend Thanksgiving with our families, and I don't have to cover a story. I mean, do you have any idea how mad my mother has been at me (laughs) while I'm sitting on her couch (laughs) reporting firing and hiring stories on Thanksgiving? I mean, it is just so bad for the family dynamic when you're just sitting in the corner on the computer. Regardless, I think that the one flaw in the press conference was... The questions about Troy Anderson were asked in the galvanization format. Did the guys go win one for the Gipper? Did everybody play harder because they didn't have Troy Anderson? I think that there's a certain element of that, certainly. But I also think that Troy Anderson is this crazy double-edged sword because he's the best player in the league. And he can do everything. But is it actually the best thing for your organization for him to actually try to do everything? Hmm. I think the fact that he has reached the point of 
physically not being able to play in this game is one of the downsides to it. But the other thing is that as the season moves along, Troy Anderson is the only player I can think of in the FCS that when he's in the game, everybody knows what what the what Montana State's offense is going to do, and you still can't stop it. But teams have started to stop it a little bit more, and that's how he tweaked that shoulder against UC Davis. He's in there as a Wildcat quarterback. I mean, they sent a run stunt, and he gets tackled by four or five different guys, and he gets hit hard, and that's it's it makes their offense a little bit more predictable. And so I guess what I'm saying is I think that you remove him, and not it's a twofold advantage. One, the opponent has prepared for this guy a bunch. Now he's out. So a part of their game plan is all for naught, and the practice time wasted, all that. That's one part. But the other thing is I think that I don't I don't mean this as a slight of Troy Anderson individually whatsoever, but Troy Anderson, the entity, is a, is a distraction because you have to try to figure out how to get him touches and get him in the game all the time. And why wouldn't you? And it's a good thing to have, and he's the best player on the field. But how much more settled in did Tucker Rovig look taking all 76 snaps in the game? He didn't have to throw the ball hardly at all, but he also wasn't jittery or nervous. He had one really bad throw on a deep ball, but other than that, he did not he have the... He also missed what should have been the second touchdown of the game. Totally, but he also didn't have the bubble screen where he threw it into the 12th row. But you, know? you want to know why to me, Coulter? Not because he played the whole game. Because he threw the number of passes he should be throwing every year. Or every week. 13. Half the number he's thrown, even when Troy Anderson has been there, an ironic reality. Totally. But what I'm saying is, like, Troy Anderson's an amazing splash player. And if you're going to play him on both sides of the ball, that's all he really has the ability to be is a splash-type guy. But Daniel Hardy played great. He had a sack. I mean, he was he was there was no, not really that much drop off between Daniel Hardy and Troy Anderson. Again, Troy Anderson is going to get you more splash plays. He's going to get you the two or three tackles for loss. But Daniel Hardy was sound and solid at the Sam linebacker spot. And not having Troy Anderson on offense gave Montana State the ability to what we've been saying all along. I never thought that they should have been playing Troy Anderson all sorts of crazy ways at Wildcat quarterback. Play him at tailback. You hand him the ball. But that's what they were able to do even without him. Turn around and hand the ball to Isaiah Ifonse and Logan Jones. And that's how they should have used the trainers in the whole year, too. That's what I've been saying. Like, I, I love the diversity of Montana State's offense. The fly sweeps, all the motions, the wildcat. It's great. It's interesting for a guy that loves ground and pound football like I do. It's great. But run power 50 times a game when you've got Lewis Kidd and Taylor Tuliasasovo and Mitch Brott. And that's what they did, and that's why they dominated. I mean, and, and here's the thing that I don't understand, man. This is what I've been saying. You you, you just answered your own question. You said, you know, if you have Troy Anderson available, you have to figure out ways to get him the ball. Well, it's, it's not that difficult. Let him be a running back, and then occasionally hand him the football. Like, that, that's just what you do. And why it's always got to be the Wildcat thing, because he played quarterback last year, I don't understand. I don't understand it at all. I, I can't imagine that... Him being, you know, a running back is too big uh, in terms of the scheme and trying to learn all the plays and everything. Maybe. I don't know. But going both directions is a very hard thing to do. But again, the the power that you saw, the physically uh, overmatching of an opponent that, that Montana State imposed up front, starting with Mitch Broughton, Lewis Kidd, and everybody else, frankly— why in the world would you not run it 62 times every single Saturday? I was, no I was reminded in no uncertain terms that this is a very, very physical team, and they physically dominate almost every week, if not every week. So then just do that. Stop throwing the football 26 times. Throw it 13 times and blow teams away. Play Mitch Pratt. Um, there's no words for that, man. It's, uh, it's great. It's, um, 
you know, something that you kind of just dream of all season, you know. You know deep down that's something you want to see. And so when you actually live it, you don't really know how to experience it. Yeah, midway through the third quarter, I could feel him breaking. And that's a great moment to feel, you know. It's a... It's nothing to really describe that, you know. It's like one of the best feelings ever to move someone from point A to point B against their will, you know. Something I always try to strive for. Yep. And they did it all day long. We'll talk about this game extensively a little bit in the second hour and also all throughout this shortened week. But a shocking, surprising, and very, very memorable Cackers Saturday in Bozeman on uh, this last weekend. We'll come get back to this in the next hour, but at the top of the hour, we're uh, going to go to Greg Seitz from the, uh, Jacksonville State. He's the athletic director. He's also the committee chair for the selection committee of the FCS playoffs. The playoff field is set for Big Sky Conference teams. Our seeded teams, including both the Montana schools, will ask him how they got to those uh, spots and, and what the conversations were. So we'll join him right after this. Whether you're traveling to Missoula for business, a family visit, or to watch the Grizz game, the Wingate wants to be your home away from home. Call the Wingate to find out how we can take care of your next trip to Missoula. From conference rooms to great complimentary breakfast to an indoor water park, we have what you need and what you want when traveling. The Wingate of Missoula is a proud supporter of Grizzly and Lady Grizz athletics, and we look forward to making you feel at home when you're not. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 